Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Book Geeks Uncompromised, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. This week, I want to recommend Lost Boy by Christina Henry. This is a Peter Pan retail that we read last year and it was one of my favorite books last year it was an absolutely fantastic retelling it was um dark dark it was dark um it was it was very fast-paced it was very easy to get through it was just a fantastic book all around so i highly recommend it to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc again that's audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc for your free audiobook Welcome to Book Geeks Uncompromised. The entire series. I don't know what it was about this book. I just, I loved it so much. How do I know more about it than you do? And it's your number I'm one book. I'm bad with names, okay? Spoilers, <laughs> gosh. And we are ready for some reason. When in doubt, be lame. Everyone buckle up. <laughs> Welcome to Book Geeks Uncompromised, where we make reading less solitary this week we reviewed flex by ferret steinmetz and we will be joined by some wonderful guests when we move on to that review so i'm really excited for that good to talk to them and uh listen to them i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it jordan came back to chat with us and our (laughs) friend cam at nerd book review ned book review nerd (laughs) book review that's a totally different type of podcast (laughs) uh came to chat with us about it some guy uh, named Ned just reviewing books. That's what, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was awesome to have Cameron and Jordan back on. Um, especially interesting since they oh, had Oh, it's Cameron's first time on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Us. Oh, it was Cameron's first time on with us. Um, but it was kind of cool because they had different opinions about the book, and it was interesting to hear them converse yeah. about that. So look for that at the end of the, the podcast. Uh, so I kind of wanted to follow up a mm. little bit from last week. We talked, oh, about, yeah, we talked about what we've read in the first half of the year, yeah, we things we've enjoyed, things mm-hmm. we haven't enjoyed so yeah. much. So, uh, we're going to do part two today and Whoa. things that we're looking forward to for the last half of 2018. Ooh. Okay. So off the top of your head, what can you not wait for? Oh, it's easy for me. First one off is bloody rose. Bloody rose. hundred percent bloody course. rose. I, I have fanboyed about kingdom, uh, kingdom. Whoa. Totally different podcast. Um, I've gone on enough about Kings of the Wild on this, on this podcast about how much I love it. And Bloody Rose is, sounds like it's going to be an equally exciting, uh, different story. Yeah. It's getting early reviews and they look good. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm thoroughly excited for it. That is the one I'm hundred percent can't wait on since, for my copy. <laughs> since there's no, uh, Brandon Sanderson book that I know of coming out the rest of the year. No, there is his sci-fi book. Is coming oh, the sci-fi. Or is yeah. it the other Reckoners? I think it's the, one. I think it's the YA, the YA one we talked about. Will be coming well, those out. are both YA. Well, you so, know, what I, you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> the so new one. I've got two books that I am like stupid excited for. Obviously I'm very much looking forward to bloody Rose. Yeah. Um, but Kill the Farm Boy yes. by Delilah S. Dawson that and Kevin like Hart. That looks like that'll be fun. I just, I, I don't know that it's going to be the best book ever. But we're hoping. But it, I'm hoping, I'm always <laughs> hoping, I'm always hoping. But it just looks 
so funny mm-hmm. and kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so excited for that. <laughs> and you just can't hide it. Yes, I I, I can't hide it. <laughs> I put a request in on NetGalley for an early copy. I haven't heard back yet, and it's a problem. NetGalley. <laughs> um, and I'm also really looking forward to the Queen of Crows yes. by Mike Holt. I need the sequel to finish to that Sane. book. I still have. I know. It. It's I don't know how you desk. haven't finished it. It's like because, five minutes long. Because I have fifty other books you keep handing me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had like six months. I know. I try. <laughs> That's but Fantastic. the Armored Saint, yeah, the everything I've heard about it and the the bit I read of it, I really enjoyed and I always wanted to get back to, but never found time. Uh, that one definitely looks like I want to finish Armored Saint so I can get onto that one as yeah. well. I mean, there are others. There's I a mean, couple others coming yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, saw. King of Assassins. So yeah. the last book in the Wounded Kingdom by R.J. Barker. Hey, we like him. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that one because I yeah. liked Age of Assassins, um, Blood of Assassins. The second book in the series was even better. Yeah. So I, I can't wait for the wrap up of the series. Hitting the third finale, mm-hmm. yeah, or the, the finale, not the, the, third fina- finale. the third finale. Yeah, the third finale. There's three finishes. Um, let's see, The Tower of Living and Dying, the yep. second book in the series, which name I'm forgetting by Anna Smith Spark. I forget the name of the series. The oh. first book was uh, Court of Broken Knives. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, so sequel to that. Is coming out later this year, I believe. Do you know when? Because I know you're stupid excited about it all the time. Senlin ascends. Do you know when that final book? The Hod King looks like it's not going to come out till 2019. No, that's the end. third book. That's the last I heard. It was pushed back to 2019. <laughs> no, I am sad, but that's okay. But that's okay. That's okay. Something to look I, forward to in 2019. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> something to make 2019. Fantastic. I know uh, the Age of War will also be coming out to finish yeah. up the trilogy for. Which, I mean, I like that series. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too bad. It the first book I think was definitely better. I, the second book was all right. The second book was pretty good. It had it it had good moments, but it's not one I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting for that. I'm sure there are tons of other books that we're going to oh. end up loving oh, for yeah. the rest of the year. Tons we're um, going to find. Those are the ones kind of off the top of our head that we have to make sure that we get to. Oh yeah, those are the ones we're looking forward to. Um, only other thing really going on this year, I think announced, um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is coming to San Francisco next year. Mm, it's not Texas, I don't care. It, yeah, I know, right? It's still disappointing. <laughs> so it was in London, and then it went to Broadway, now it's going to San Francisco. I think it's also going to Melbourne in Australia. Oh, very nice. I'm not so, in Australia. Right? Still not Texas. Bass Hall. Come It'd on. be perfect. It's perfect size. You could do it. I'll, I won't do anything because I won't be able to do anything to get you here, but I'll pray. <laughs> I will hope. <laughs> I will hope and pray. Because it'd be cool to see that. I, I'd definitely be excited to see that. So it's going to, I think, the Quran Theater in San Francisco. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I want to see it. That's, That's definitely, still not close enough, though. Yeah, for those of you who don't know who The Cursed Child is, it's a past it's a play that was done after the end of the seventh harry yeah Potter it's book. like 19 years after like 19 like years that. after yeah, it has to do with harry's kids albus severus is the main character which is that's an unfortunate and it's name. had kind of mixed reviews like as a script i don't i think the play reviews have been really good but yeah. the script um just fans of harry potter reading it it's been very mixed and see that's that's the thing though is that and and i, I those people who oh i don't like it because it doesn't read as well it's a script. It's not no, supposed to. No, it's not about it being a script. That's really? not the issue. No. Oh, okay. It reads like fan fiction. Like, oh, to be totally it? honest, it oh, reads like fan fiction. That sucks. Which, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I still had a good time with it, but I totally see what other see, people I don't, are See, I don't know at. if I could just sit down and read a script. It's I don't not know. as bad I think as I'd rather. Think. I'd rather just watch the play if there's a play. I'd rather just okay, watch Okay, you love Thymus Files. That's just people, that's just dialogue. 
Yeah. It's really not that different. I don't know. I guess something that's intended to be a book versus something intended to be a play. Maybe. I think I'd rather just see the play. You never personally. know until you try. I'll just go see the play. You never know. I'm going to San try. Francisco, everybody. See ya. If I don't make San Francisco, I'm going to Australia. (laughs) No. Well, that's really all that's going on this week. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit quiet as usual. But uh, let us know what books you're looking forward to for the rest of 2018. Absolutely, we some suggestions. Our TBR is never big enough. No, we will always limit the size of our TBR. So you may as well add on. And when we say we, she means hers because I don't really have one. Uh, It's more of her going, Greg, look at this cool book. I go. That's a cool book. Let's read it. <laughs> that's that's really how it goes. <laughs> so I think next week, yes. Uh, before we get into our review, yeah. next week we're going to be reading *The Mermaid* by Christina Henry, which is yeah. part of why I recommended *Lost Boy* because it was in good. the Audible ad. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's the only work I've read of Christina Henry so far. Like I said, though, I loved it, and *The Mermaid*. I just I, I want it. I've been looking for something <laughs> fun and summery with magic <laughs> and. Uh, it, and so you pick the one from the author of probably one of the darkest books we read. Well, okay, but it's still the ocean and <laughs> summery, and the cover's all blue and pretty, and I want it. It's going to be dark, dank, and in an aquarium. Just watch. And I will... Ugh, I it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Aquarium. I'll, I'll take it. It's like a swear word. <laughs> Aquarium. <laughs> so look forward to that. We're excited to read that one. Like I said, we enjoyed Lost Boy, so we will be diving into that next. All right. Well, I guess it's time to move into our review. And you haven't heard them this whole time, but we have some special guests with us today. One of which, I, ho- yeah, I don't know if you remember, but he's been here before. Say hello, time. Jordan. I thought we were getting to the special guests. I need a better intro. If I'm I have a special two special guests. guests. You are. You yeah, but two. I deserve an amazing intro. Well, you can make your own. <laughs> Come on, get back creative. Do okay, poppers? Do we need our other special guest? Is the host of the Nerd Book Review here with us? Is Cameron? Hello. Hey. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to have you again. Been talking about it long enough. Okay, where's my real <laughs> intro? <laughs> Here's Jordan. Jordan. No, what's up, guys? Here. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Couldn't keep me down. (laughs) So Um, this week we are going to be reviewing Flex by Ferret Steinmetz. Uh, This is a book that I read a while back and Jordan has read more than me, I think. Yep. So. I read. I know you people don't believe that, but I do. Listen to the audio book. The first time I read it. (laughs) Like the words and everything. Uh, So I got Greg and Cam to read it as well. So that they could chime in. Yeah. And I think this is going to be interesting because I think we have some different opinions here. It's always the best one. The right one and the wrong one. Okay, so (laughs) since we have... my wife usually has to admit that I'm right, so... (laughs) If the wife has to admit it... Okay, but I have three rules. Rule number one is Jordan is always right. (laughs) Okay. Rule number two is if Jordan is wrong, refer to rule number one. (laughs) And rule number three is, oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i think it's been since uh the themis files is the last time you were on i think yeah, that was a good book yeah i read that one yeah. okay so we'll move on to the actual <laughs> review right. so we do read a uh, synopsis or the back cover as we have two special guests would you guys like to duke it out over who gets to read it i don't uh, have a book in front of me yeah i don't either actually okay all right uh, jordan's let got it Let, let's let's read oh, okay this. okay he can pull it up on goodreads so you guys could still got fight it. for I'm, it i'm already ready okay <laughs> <laughs> all right should i read the the quote at the top no, or no just, just a synopsis, okay yeah flex distilled magic in crystal form 
the most dangerous drug in the world. Snort it, and you can create incredible coincidences to live the life of your dreams. Flux, the backlash from snorting flex. The universe hates magic and tries to rebalance the odds. Maybe you survive the horrendous accidents the flux inflicts, or maybe you don't. Paul Sabo, the everyday bureaucromancer, who's turned paperwork into a magical beast that can rewrite rental agreements and track down anyone who's ever filed, filled out a form, but when all this formulaic magic can't save his injured daughter, Paul must enter the dangerous underground world of flex dealers to heal her. But he's never strayed from the far or from the path before. See, this is why I don't read. <laughs> and the punishment for brewing flex is an army conscription and a total what? Flex is army conscription and a total brain wipe. See, I told y'all we should have let him read it. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not on this show. Often. Words is good. All right, so I mean that kind of sets the stage for the world a little bit with the flex and the flux, um, yeah. but it doesn't tell us a whole lot about the story. Um, Cam, would you like to tell us a little bit more about what the what the story's about? Yeah, so um, it kind of starts off, we meet a Manser who, this is in the prologue, that uh, we find out that she's going giving flex to people who uh, are going to use it and uh, don't know the consequences. So right off the bat, someone gets hurt because of it. So it kind of sets like how big of a deal um, magic is and how big the consequences are. Is that uh, a good start or? <laughs> no, yeah, that's basically it. Nail on the head. No, that's what I that's, have to say. Is, that's essentially it. Is uh, because of her handing out flex to yeah. people with, that she knows that their flux is going to create havoc. They're going to abuse it, and the flex yeah. is made so that it has more flux than it should. Right. Um, and this leads to uh, the start of Paul's story with how his da- daughter gets burned. Yeah. And all that. Uh, so that's one thing I love about these books is the, the negative system that happens with magic. Cause you don't see that a lot in most books. It's usually just magic is great. Magic is grand. It does awesome things. There usually isn't a backlash and that's a really cool, um, really cool negative that, that can happen. And I really like that. Yeah. I think there are usually, you know, in a lot of cases there are limitations. Yeah. But it's, but never this one's definitely like punishment. Yeah. A punishment for using it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. just to clarify on that, if you're not following is flex is a distilled drug that mancers who are naturally able to use a magic can make and give to people who can't use magic so they have the uh, magical abilities. Mm. Um, but whether you take flex or you're naturally magic, you're a mancer, the flux is the backlash. So if you do something like, say, uh, in Paul's case, being a bureaucromancer and magical with paperwork, uh, say he creates a form to renew his driver's license just out of thin air, um, that's just quick, easy magic that's not bending the rules of the universe. But because he did it, he still met with flux. It, he used he might stub magic. his toe or something for yeah, something so like that. Yeah, so your flux equals the amount of magic you did. The and bigger the, the change you force on the universe, the yeah. bigger the flux. And so, and, and the flux is, it attaches onto you and it 
just it sits there and it reads your mind of okay what is the worst thing that could happen to you oh that stub your toe that's not good enough i need more contract uh, herpes yeah contract herpes okay you <laughs> yeah. have herpes yeah it's like opposite magic <laughs> yeah um, and it it does um that is like a really important thing with this is that um you can actually change you know some of what might be bad and like um by thinking about certain things instead of other things and that's kind of like one of the things that Paul ha- actually is able to learn pretty well to um, to shift the flux, you know, away from the people that he cares about. He just likes to create earthquakes all over the place. Right. With his flux. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I thought uh, while we're on the talk of limitations of the magic itself was, so the way the mancers in this work, I don't know if this is spoilery or not, but... Everybody that's a mancer is very skilled into one thing. They basically, they're so infatuated with a certain thing like Paul and his paperwork or Valentine, who you meet eventually in the book, um, is a video game mancer because she, her life is all about video games. They become so enthralled into that passion that it becomes alive to them. Um, and to the limitation that I was getting at is you can't, so Paul can't summon Mario just because he's magic because that's not his man. He yeah. doesn't know anything about that world. So you're also, your magic is limited to your Mancy. So if you're a French fry mancer that just makes and eats French fries, Dude. You, you can't build a house out of nothing because, well, I guess you could build the one out of French, French fries. fries. But, so that would make the three little pigs a little more interesting. Uh, I, I always thought that was cool, too. Is he, And it's discussed thoroughly through all three of these books of, I I understand that you want me to do that, but I can't. I That's yeah. not like my even magic. Like Valentine, with her obsession being video games, is kind of broad, but still, if it doesn't make sense within a video game logic, then she can't do it. Well, it also, it goes on because it it has to make sense in her video game play style, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it's, she she plays, and like most video gamers, if you don't know, we have another podcast, Controllers and Keyboards, all about (laughs) video games. Um, (laughs) You you stick to a, a typical style of video game. Greg loves story-based games. I love RPG games. So if I was a video game answer, my chance would be I play mostly RPG games. So my magic would have to fit the rules of an RPG game as if my life was in an RPG. Yeah, uh, I couldn't be like, oh, well, here's first-person shooter magic because that's not my, my rule set. And I thought that was extremely intriguing. Good detail. I did actually like that part of it that... Um, that's kind of Paul and Valentine, their little, like, they're always like, why can't you do this? Or why can't you do that? And it's like, well, that's not how my code of ethics or my rules work. So it has to be done, you know, the specific way. So like he, Paul can't just, uh, he can't create anarchy with his mm-hmm. bureaucracy because that's the opposite of what his magic is all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a nice way to have a broad range of magic and making it easy to explain how yeah, it works. Yeah, see, and it's kind of two-sided there because on one, you have some, on one hand, some pretty clear set limitations and structure for your magic system with the flux, like, you know, you can't do anything too massive mm-hmm. or all these bad things will happen to you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just vague enough and, ju- and so open-ended mm-hmm. that, I mean, you could do some pretty Rip easy, the, the author could do some pretty easy 
you know, hand wavy stuff with, yeah. oh, this works because I say it works, even though these yeah. are the limitations. Yeah. He doesn't do that too much. I think he does a little bit. Um, but he's pretty good about okay, making it make sense within the context. The thing that gets me excited about that, though, is for because I know the 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 sequel books are already out, aren't they? Or, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, all, I mean, all three books are you out. could at that point he could have a limitless amount of mancers doing cool different things. I mean, like I imagine just writing down a list: metal mancer, you know, water mancer. I think there's an just, origami mancer in the yeah, second book. Just go crazy. Well, with that's it. one of HDMI the things cable mancer. That you know, impressed just, me about all three of these books was. He he obviously he wrote a get out of jail free card with this magic system of yeah. he he gave it some very specific rules and stuff like that that had to be abide by but because you could have a manti out of anything he could make anything he wanted yeah. to happen to fit his story yeah but he was very very disciplined at sticking to that rule set mm-hmm. all throughout the book even when he introduced all these other mancers and stuff he didn't let it get out of hand or crazy or anything like that. He kept the story flowing without that get out of jail free card, if right. you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, well, I guess this moves us pretty easily into the history of magic in this world. Or, Cameron, did you have anything to add about the flux? Because I want to say in your Goodreads review, you said something about the flux. Did you well, have anything to that, add? I, well, I think this goes in with like the history of what, what we were going to talk about, okay. you know? Okay. So, yeah, uh, Jordan, you're the expert. Can you give us a brief history of? Mancy in this alternate universe. How in depth do you want Brief. to go here? Brief. What, okay. happened, what happened to Europe? Uh, what happened to Europe? So, with Mancy, obviously you're you're changing the way you're disregarding the rules for the universe, and the universe doesn't like that. Hence, we had the flux. So, um, the way the history of the book is really set up is. And you see is mancers don't really interact. Again, they're so passionate about a subject that it becomes a life form that they're enthralled in that subject. They're not looking for companionship or friendship or relationships of any kind. So they never really see other mancers or other people for that matter. For the most part, they stick to themselves and their passion. So, um, and then this goes on for since the beginning of time, really, I guess, but then around World War II, people knew that this was happening and stuff, but the governments in World War II start seeing that, hey, we can use these people as weapons, weapons basically. So they start creating manser divisions of the military and stuff. And that's where we see the universe really get pissed off. <laughs> uh, and it happens in Europe. And what happens when you start getting a bunch of mansers using Mansi together is it starts to tear holes open and fabric of the fabric of space time because there's so much happening defying the laws of physics it breaks physics basically yeah so during world war ii it basically rips open the universe over europe letting in these buzz sticks yeah buzz sticks uh interdimensional beings that just eat up the laws of everything we know i mean they just turn everything into nothingness um and that's you really don't start seeing a lot more of why that is and stuff into the third book but they do kind of explain it a little bit in this first one it kind of sets up why uh the mancers are basically hunted yeah so since world war ii especially in the u.s you've got the the unimancers i think they're 
team name is Smash. Yes. I think. Smash. Yeah. So if you're caught as a mancer, you're taken and went to the refact- refractory? Yes. Yeah. Refractory. Yeah, you're brainwashed. Yeah, and just totally brainwashed and basically added to like this hive mind with yeah. these other mancers. That's where, why it's called the Unimancers. Yeah, the Unimancers, they take away all your flavor mm-hmm. of magic and you're just used to hunt more mancers. Oh no, they yeah. only can play Unicorns. And they're just trying to keep mancers from ripping these holes because people have such a little of understanding of how it works and the beauty behind it that they're just scared of it. So yeah. if you're scared so of it, snuff it out. So here's a question I have for you, Jordan. Is doesn't Paul by himself though? I know he creates like a, he's using a huge amount of magic, but doesn't he on his own almost like rip a hole in? No, like the fabric of reality. Yeah, I no, we were talking about him. that. No, I know me and you were chatting about that. No, because I just finished rereading it today. Okay. He didn't. Um, it just his flux was very intense because of what he does at the climax of the story, but there was no rip from it. Oh, okay. So that solves part of my issue, but yeah. I still think, though, that like that like it, it's not a huge like smash team, is it though? That that where they almost um, rip a, a hole in fabric. There are a couple. It, of I think them. it says there's like ten or twelve of uh, actual smash members, but and do we want to get into this? It's pretty spoilery. No spoilery. Yeah, Stay yeah, away from spoilers. Spoiler. But right. I, I just mean, was... we've already kind of skimmed yeah. a little yeah. bit yeah. as it is, so we need to pull back on spoilers. All right. Yep. Paul does awesome Understood. stuff. I know the part you're talking about, and I have a perfect explanation. <laughs> Talk to you after so, the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's when multiple mancers are working their magic and just kind of pulling the laws it's of physics much. Well, it, it this way It also depends on how much, how powerful the magic is coming out of all the those. same time, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if, if you've got a group of six mancers just doing small stuff, you're, you're fine. But if you get six mancers together truly altering you know reality reality to work against each other and stuff like in this situation um that's where it really starts all hell breaks loose yep i still think though that in my mind it would have like i just find it hard to have imagined us making it to modern day (laughs) because i know that that it's described and i don't think this is getting too spoilery if it is you can we can cut this out but that um, that it's far more uh, you know common for there to be mancers now than there used to be, but I still so, feel like that even I mean hundreds of years ago there were still like religious fanatics and people like that where I feel like enough of that could have happened in the past to, to have caused a, a rip earlier when people weren't so conscious I, of things. I guess it depends on how far far back mancers showed up because it, they don't well, ever really explain. So the, I guess they have, have kind of two thoughts on that. One, I, I didn't think about like religious zealots basically and how much they could have really altered history because the, the timeline of history is pretty much identical to what we know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it would be interesting to see how they had altered that. But on the other side of that, the bad guy in the story, Anathema, she kind of touches on it a little bit um, because it, her whole thing is she thinks that humans are pampered and, you know, horrible creatures now they couldn't survive anything. Yeah, right. Um, I like that woman. So, <laughs> so, like I said, she kind of hints at it a little bit with maybe um, more 20th, 21st century lifestyles um, and how we're not focused on having to survive every day. So we have more time to create these obsessions with things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and I agree with that, but I still think that, like, once civilization occurred, 
that yeah. we started getting specialists like priests and shamans and things like that. And that, those are the kind it. of people that I think would have still been able to yeah, become answers in the past. To, to counteract that, again, it really goes back to both what she was just saying and what I said before is mancers were such introverts. A mancer was not going to seek to be a priest. He well, he had no well, part see, of... even that, though. I wonder if part of their introversion, though, that we see in this story is not so much about their obsession because we saw how much Paul and Valentine loved sharing their mance with each other yeah. and just got so excited to yeah, talk to each other. Yeah, but look at their first meeting and it was not that Right, way. but they also live in a world where they're hunted as mancers, so they have to keep it hidden. So the yes. first so they mancers can't trust may anybody. not have. When they first started out, they may not but, have. And I guess it depends on when they showed up. Because yeah. say say they started showing up around the World War II area, that's when it started for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Then that would cancel out everything See, in the I, past. But I yeah, have, if, it, if it goes back farther, then yeah, I would worry about the Crusades. I, I have I the about perfect like point to revoke all that. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a spoiler that? from book two. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so maybe we'll just need to read book two. That's <laughs> absolutely. Maybe. That's probably the best book in the series. You oh, think so? Nice. Yeah. I, th- I think I liked one the best, but one we're just good. talking about one right yep. now. We <laughs> yeah. are just talking about one. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the magic system and the flux and everything, so I guess we could talk about the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Paul is the main character. As we've talked about his power B-Rock. is B-Rock Romancy. Which sounds awesome. so stupid yeah. oh but you can incredible. sign paperwork with your mind it is ridiculous you how powerful bureaucracy is yeah oh it really is i mean like he i mean in the this is okay to say because it's it's in the description so we've yeah. already mentioned it he he basically conjures a car out of nowhere to take <laughs> them on their trip yeah well and they live in new york so it's like month-long waiting list to get a to get an apartment to rent he's yeah. like yeah we have one now i i did it Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it papers. also it goes back to the rules because ideally with bureaucracy he could just be like oh my daughter needs this for the medicine or whatever um Here's some paperwork that says I have a million dollars in my bank account. Yeah. But it goes against everything he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's okay with backdating a form or whatever, you know, that he could actually fill out in real life, even if he didn't have money, and putting it a month ahead so he can get into this apartment. Mm-hmm. But he's so passionate about the way bureaucracy works and just the structure and law that he won't just put money in his account. Yeah. Well, and he talks about because that's against his moral code that he could theoretically do it, but one, his flux would be too big exactly. for it. Huge. And also because it would create too much of a paper trail and point to him as a mancer. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just thought that was really cool. Like, okay, yeah, I can do this, but this is why I, I can't. So I also really love why he's obsessed with bureaucracy and paperwork. Because like you said, it sounds super lame. But the way he describes it as being the hallmark of civilization, like it's what separates us from living in, in villages right. and, you know, stuff like yeah. that, that that's, you know, the, the paper trails are what, are what allow us to do the things that we do and how um, improperly filed evidence in the police force led to criminals getting away, led to a murderer getting off. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, he works for an insurance company, how if he makes sure that he dots his I's and crosses his T's and does everything right, that makes sure that some widow gets her life insurance or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I definitely love how personalized each of the Mancies are, all the ones that we see. It's very, each of these people, that whatever their Mancy is, they are passionate about it and it shines through them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, obviously, we've talked about Paul's magic what about paul as a character 
you know, I I liked Paul. Um, I think that uh, Valentine I liked better. I mean, as far as like I enjoyed her as a character, mm -hmm. but you know, I felt like they did a good enough job with Paul of um, him not being too stereotypical, though, even for like a, a pencil pusher. I mean, he, they describe him as like thin and you know, kind of a, a a slight build of a guy, but but he's still he's not like I mean, he's capable as a you know, of doing things, I guess is the best way to, to ineloquently describe that. <laughs> so it, it kind of reminds me of a tweet that I, I think I mentioned on here a few months ago, and I completely forgot who tweeted this, but they were comparing Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. And why Jurassic Park is superior because its main characters were not prepared for the situation they were in. Right. So it was more interesting to watch them survive it. Whereas Chris Pratt's character... He's a good character, yeah. but he's prepared for his situation. Yeah, that's something they've trained for. Never thought they knew about that. And, that is a really good. And then in uh, Flex, Paul is not a fighter. No. He is not prepared to go against a massive villain. He's no. not prepared to go against his drug power dealers. is paper. He, his power <laughs> is paper. So in that way, I like watching him make it through all these problems. His out. his uh, adaptation to everything is is thoroughly enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And the way yeah. he uses bureaucracy to get out of some very interesting yes. situations. Yeah. But let's and, let's get to the, the real character here. Okay, so sidekick Valentine. Uh, the video game man. Valentine. <laughs> Valentine is amazing. And, okay, so I like... Woodwife. Just saying, woodwife. <laughs> she has a Bowser tattoo. What more can there you ask for in a woman, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So in the way that the story dug in with Paul and why he loves the paperwork and the bureaucracy. I enjoyed that with Valentine, it didn't skimp on hers. Like it really went into why she's obsessed with video games and why this is her escape, which I feel like for the audience reading this is maybe beating a dead horse a little bit, mm -hmm. but I felt like he went deep enough into it that it didn't feel like rehashing. I think the she's the much more colorful character. Cause while Paul has got an interesting backstory and stuff like that, Everything learn you learn new about Paul as a character is the same thing. You learn about it's always his past, and it's around the same two instants every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how it affected him. You do have to wonder though how he ever got a smoking hot wife who <laughs> is obsessed with uh, with career advancement. Well, he was a cop. That's when romantic. They met. <laughs> but. Valentine, on the other hand, every time you learn something new about her past, it's different. It's eh, sometimes a little stereotypical, but she's just a much more colorful character in her actions, the way she talks, the way she teaches Paul, the her backstory, everything. She's just, she's her so pink. much fun. She is fun. Um, yeah. I, I love right. her ingenuity and her power. I like how sex positive her character is. Yeah. It's hilarious and both awesome to have a female character that's promiscuous but Gear never slept in. No spoiler, you're just going to love Alan. Well, there's a portal game. There's a portal yeah. a portal gun. Yeah. If you like video games, you you <laughs> if you have a long history in a home, you're going to get a very good kick out of this. There's a lot yeah. of just little You could tell the author has played his oh, fair yeah. share. What was what was yeah. that you were about to say about her, Cameron? Oh, I just was. We got the sex positive part. I was gonna say she's got interesting kinks. Yeah. <laughs> well, she had her apartment for like four hours, and Paul comes in and there's a used condom on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you you don't know Valentine's kinks until book two and three. <laughs> 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 
That girl, wow. <laughs> so this kind of leads us well into, we've talked about Paul's character, we've talked about Valentine's. We can talk about them together. Their relationship is not romantic. No. Um, in They're polar opposite characters. They are, yeah. So them together is a really interesting back and forth, a really interesting combination. I think it's like we were talking earlier about Mansers being solidarity, them being by themselves so much. And it's, it's really cool to watch these two people who have been so alone in what they have to connect with somebody. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's their relationship is part of the reason that they love each other all just all out. Yeah. Uh, Again, not in a romantic way. I mean, romantically, they are are disgusted by each other, but (laughs) in the deepest friendship of all. And it's because, one, they can both share their magics with each other. Mm -hmm. And while neither one understands the other one's mancy, they both appreciate the beauty that it is. And they've never had that before in their life. They've never had somebody that they could share and see that it's beautiful, you know, that... So that's what really brings them closest. Okay, I think your paper is boring and you think my video games are crazy, but you can look at me and my Mancy and you see me, you see how I see it. Mm -hmm. You understand how I feel about it. And that's the way he describes and builds that relationship based off basically that uh, I thought was awesome. Yeah, they make for an, an excellent combo. Yeah. They're, I'm not gonna lie though. I was actively disappointed that they did not get together. Really? <laughs> real oh, couple. dude, that was so refreshing to read because uh, yeah. I would call this almost a YA book. <laughs> no, it, no, it, felt, it gets so dark. Yeah. It does, but and no, the it, writing's it not that, YA at all. It it had a YA feel to me for the most part, and the story and stuff for the most part. It it didn't feel full on adult. I, I'm not a big reader, so I, I couldn't tell you, but. <laughs> I was so glad to not have some kind of stupid freaking love triangle. And someone didn't sparkle. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, in so many books, there's always some kind of love story. And it's just gotten to the point where you expect it all the time. Yeah. So to have these two people that have great character chemistry that are a really good combination, but they don't fit well together. And the story doesn't try to make them fit well together. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But I just kept, I just kept expecting them to sleep. <laughs> You're like, it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. Man, Valentine there, predicts times, all the new places. There's times where Paul's like, you know, Valentine. No, no, can't do it. Can't do it. No. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so other noteworthy characters, of course. There's a plethora of side characters yeah. from Paul's ex-wife Amani and her new boyfriend David. Bitch. Um, we can talk about their daughter though, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. She's Badass. kind of a central character. Um, she was burned in the beginning of the book, so she's girl on fire. <laughs> That's well, another book. Sorry. She's spending this book recovering from her injuries, um, and she takes a much more central part well, in the story than I expected her to. It's kind of. And I don't know if it's scary or kind of saddening hearing how the way she talks sometimes because she's very much about all mancers need to burn. You yeah. Know, she talks about that kind of stuff about mancers, mancers are bad, are mancers which is down. which is very much she's a product of the society that's and going on. Honestly, very her. hard on Paul, who yeah. is her father and a mancer. Yeah. Which so, she doesn't know, but yeah. So it, it was just kind of a it was kind of a dark side of it hearing her, a, a young girl. Talking about, yeah, they all need to die. Six like, years old. Wow. And it gets really dark at the yeah, end of the story. It does. At the end of yeah, the there's a really, really good but dark moment. But watching Paul cope with that and yeah. try to think of a way of 
how do I tell her? Do I tell her? And you yeah. know, how do I handle and this like, situation? Through it all, he still did everything he was doing for her, yeah. even even though she had those sentiments, and he was yeah. Well, and with her injuries and her trying to deal with it, and she starts to uh, retreat into video games as well with yeah. her DS and Mario games, mm-hmm. and he's having to, I guess, kind of learn force himself to understand what that means to her, why she's retreating into this, why uh, just saying, Oh, we'll put it down for a minute. Let's, let's, let's play puzzles. Let's do something else. Just isn't working. Yeah. And you know, I'm not going to say that I don't think that she was a realistic kid, like, you know, with being so all over the place, but I just generally disliked her though, Mm -hmm. because of that. I don't know. I guess I just don't like kids in my uh, my stories. <laughs> they're, kids are difficult to write. Yeah, they they've got to be. That's that's a hard character to really get into. And I I agree with you on that aspect. Um, Aaliyah is a badass, and but she's a little bit dislikable. But yeah. she's also very whiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I and that's I'm not saying that's not completely normal. I mean, tonight yeah. we went to uh, Lowe's and got some lumber, and my son through a literal hissy fit because he couldn't get a nightlight that he wanted yeah. and then yep. looked up and saw a sparrow in the rafters and was literally immediately happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Children are all over the place. Yeah. Now, that sounds at like times, she, uh, Aaliyah did act older than six Yeah, in a way that I wasn't quite sure was believable. Yeah, Her age variation for a six-year-old was... And, and you had to do it to progress the story, right? Well, yeah, and but, she's trying yeah. to come to terms I, and understand some very adult concepts. Yeah, I, I honestly think placing her at six was a bad choice on the author. Maybe a little, Maybe a little which, too older. Yeah, older. but I can say that's something that's corrected in the other two books. Because obviously time has passed and she does get older and that character develops big time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then the final character, I guess we that's really truly noteworthy is the villain, um, Anathema. Kept um, yeah. what about Kit? We're not going to talk about Kit. If you want to talk about Kit and his donut uh, love, let's talk about Kit and his donut. So love. Kit has the greatest Mancy of all, without it being, <laughs> and it's it's funny because I've actually we've got a guy at work that brings donuts every Wednesday. And it's, it's always an assorted box of donuts, and it just makes me laugh every time I see it because of this. So Kit is the quote-unquote donut mancer. He's not actually a mancer. Not actually a mancer, but he's got this therapy session, if you will, by he's always bringing in Dunkin' Donuts. And depending on which of the assorted donuts you choose, he tells you what kind of person you are, what kind of mood <laughs> you're, you're in, today. how you're feeling, thinking, everything. And his descriptions are spot on usually (laughs) and if you really think about his donut science or donut personality test you're like philosophy yeah donut philosophy there you go that it makes perfect sense you're like wow that's now i just want donuts like what i think valentine gets like the most chocolatey and sweet one he's like oh no too much yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's it i thought that was obviously kit plays a fairly important role throughout the story but he is also kind of this He's he's again he's part of Paul's life outside of Mansi. He's um a, a aspect of Paul's life where that he's trying to hide his own Mansi yeah. and his worries about how he'll be accepted or will he be accepted or what will happen if he's ever discovered. 
Yeah. yeah, and he's yeah. like a stereotypical like old Jewish uh, yeah. <laughs> New Yorker. Oh, if you listen to the audiobook, the yeah. the voice actor for Kit is awesome. fantastic. He does good. Oh, Bubala. <laughs> okay, so the villain, Anathema. My um, hero. Unfortunately, we can't really talk very much specifics about what Hermancy is without getting into spoilers. some spoilers. It's not too hardcore, it's but it's <laughs> it's it's a spoilery, so we'll have to stay away from it. But let's see. Um, intelligence as a villain. Let's just talk about her as a villain. Yeah. Incredibly intelligent villain that you don't realize until the exact end of the book. Okay. <laughs> She's stupid smart. Yeah. Okay. Any, um, any other comments on her? She has like her teeth filed down. Yeah. She's my hero. You're going to file your teeth down? No. no <laughs> uh, I just support her cause. Why is she a hero? Can you discuss that at all? Not without being a spoiler, literally. Yeah, okay. that's the only problem with talking about her is, is the things we like about her are spoilery. I, I will say this. I, I, I enjoyed the way the author doesn't cram her down your throat. Yeah. yeah. You get small tidbits of her here and there. And then the end. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this all makes sense. Right. Yeah. He, he ties it all together. But he's... Not like, all right, here's a Paul chapter, here's a Paul chapter, all right, let's, we gotta touch in with the villain for 16 pages, and Paul, Paul, villain, Paul, Paul, villain. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. She has some interlude chapters, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of her mindset, but for the most part, she's back burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul's got other issues that he's dealing with, and she just happens to be there. <laughs> and then... Hell breaks loose, right? right. Yeah. But I, I liked that. I liked that. Okay, Paul's focused on his priorities, and this nagging bitch is still <laughs> out there somewhere, but we just don't care about hey, her right listen. now until it's hey, too late. listen. <laughs> Only worse. Only worse. <laughs> if that's possible. Nope. So I guess that takes us into storytelling pretty well. Or, um, I, I was going to oh, say, go ahead. Cameron, I was going to say, did you have anything to say about her? You didn't get a really good chance. Oh no! I, th- I think that's a pretty good description. Um, I'm I was not I'm not on her side. I am <laughs> a bureaucromancer, and I will admit Weak. right up. I like how people are always like, "Oh, I was I should have been born a hundred years ago," and I'm like, "I was born a hundred years too early." I hope there's more tech in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how Anathema and Paul are like the. I mean, even more than Paul and Valentine, polar opposites of each other in their magic system. Like mm-hmm. Paul's magic is all about the rules and civilization and she's all you know very chaotic, about very chaotic. yeah she's like for a while absolute polar opposite like yes. for a while they think that she's a what a narcomancer yes I think so yeah yeah and what's it's it's cool too this isn't really a spoiler but if they they're around each other they they talk about how just the presence of their mancies makes each other physically sick because yeah. they are so opposite opposite yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so the storytelling um, and the pacing of the story with, okay, Anathema is the bad guy at the beginning, and then there's a bunch of stuff in the middle, and then Anathema is the bad guy again at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, in, any thoughts on that storytelling and how it was told, how the story progressed? I mean, I think like Jordan was saying earlier, it, it was done really well in that she wasn't shoved down our throats. She was okay. there. We knew she was there. She was a problem. But... Paul was always the focus, and it wasn't a. I don't. I, yeah, I, I was just briefly reiterating what Jordan said. Okay, okay. I will say I that it was written far as there's one part towards the middle of the book, which does play in with obviously Paul and Anathema is over all story, but 
Um, he's kind of, I guess, a sub villain. Oh, he's a yeah. mini boss. Mini boss. Yeah. yeah. We'll was it the drug the dealer guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that part was a little dragged out. Yeah. It, it went on for a while, um, and it, it led to some very climactic scenes and stuff like that that were really cool. And again, it was a overall, lot of character development in there. Yeah, yeah, and tied in a lot of the story and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. They, it was a little drawn out. Yeah. Well, and it ended with something very open-ended that I felt like should have led to more in the sequel books, too, that I'll say I don't think that it did. Yeah. I mean, it was there, but it was kind of squashed pretty quickly, too, mm. and led to so backburner that it, like, never got never brought up again. Never showed up, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that is all the notes that I had. Does anybody else last have any? Yeah, thing. last th- thoughts, wrap it up, anything we didn't touch on? Great book. Read it. It's got the Jordan seal of approval, <laughs> which is, that's saying something, because I don't read many books. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that there's a couple things that for me that could have, like, if this had been an alternate universe, mm-hmm. um, maybe, or then I would have certainly been happier about it. As far as, like, you know, I'm still, I even if we're going to get more later on, I'm still just going to say that there's this part of me that just thinks we wouldn't have made it to this history, <laughs> like, so similar True. with Mancy anywhere in the past, you know? Believe in magic, you muggle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I no, I can agree with that. Like I said, if the um, if the Alamancers had shown up around World War II time, then I think it'd be believable. But I can I can agree with that that beforehand other events would have happened. It, what are Alamancers? I don't know why I said Alamancer. That must be a totally different book. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. Yeah, you did that earlier. Your, uh, I did it. I did that's it. Your uh, Brandon Sanderson. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Mansers. If Mansers had been around before that the whole event with Europe, um, I think. Other things would have happened, uh, but I, I don't know. So it, it, I, yeah. I'm going to throw this out there. Call it a spoiler explain. if you want. And it's it's kind of explained a little more later on. But in World War II, when all this happened, hmm. so there was actually colleges and stuff like that that were in Europe yeah. that were devoted to Mansi. Right. So there was all these writings and histories on how to deal with flux and stuff like that right. that was lost with Europe. So, oh, so that's the reason right. Paul and Valentine, they can't really tell you anything pre-World War II is because nobody knows know. anymore. Oh, it was all right. lost. So. so that's that's how he kind of explains that point is, uh, yeah, we got up to that point, and then now we don't know. It's, it's mentioned mm. very a lot in it's the further in books. The, no, it's it's brought up in the first it, book. Vaguely, but yeah. especially book three, Paul's constantly talking about if we had half the knowledge that was lost in Europe, yeah. Mansi would be totally different now because it was a lot more open. And it yeah. even talks about it, that Mansi was a lot more open oh, before okay. World War II because people understood it. People knew how to deal with it, stuff like that. Yeah. And then after World War II, it, was it, it, yeah. it went crazy okay. and everybody saw what it could be capable of okay. in a bad situation so okay. cool. so yeah. it it sounds honestly like uh the differences in our overall opinions of the books comes down to how believable you find the history of the world to be <laughs> yeah it sounds like that distracted you a lot cameron so <laughs> it took away from your enjoyment of the book yeah well i it's it just is one of those things like so another care like a series that I actually really enjoyed is uh, C.T. Phipps' Rules of Supervillainy, uh-huh. and he, but he like, v- like he throws out like the little, uh, um, 
like hint that this is an alternate that it's an alternate universe, you know. And I think at one point they actually like the the superheroes go to what would be the real Earth very shortly. (laughs) And so like that's kind of where like I'm like okay, well I'm cool with with those kind of things knowing that it's not supposed to be Earth. And I think that like I'm I was a history and religion major in college, and so Mm -hmm. I, I think that those are like things that, that are always that I'm always thinking yeah. about you know so I'm like oh man there were so many religious zealots in our past who would have been single-minded enough to like be real crazy right and mm-hmm. so that's I guess maybe like that I just had a hard time like mm-hmm. getting that out of my mind the entire time when I was well, uh, see I'm the opposite because I and this is a reason I don't read much or I'm not on this show more <laughs> I don't like sci-fi books and I cannot stand high fantasy because Sci-fi, I, I give a little more forgiveness to, but if I can't find something believable, mm. I don't want to read it. It's part of the reason I'm not crazy about superhero stuff, stuff like that, is I, I need to be able to say, okay, this is a distinct possibility. And this book has enough realism in it that the the overreach for the magical system doesn't bug me like it usually does because it has so many limits and rules that I'm like, you understand it. Okay, yeah. I, I can buy that because you're basically, you're telling me it's ridiculous by putting all these <laughs> rules on it. All right, I can pay attention. All right. Cool. All right. All right. And, I see, and I understand where you're coming from, but I think, like, the negative effects are what, like, you know, I'm like, oh, if, if it was, like, Lightbringer, um, where, like, you know, you just ruined yourself personally all the time, mm-hmm. then I, you know, that would be, like, I just feel like the negative effects are too big for me. Well, that, that that is something that is explained throughout this book as well as the others, too, is generally the flux. Anybody that takes flex to get magic or mancers themselves generally just end up killing themselves because, and that's something Paul is striving for, is learning how to use the flux to either his advantage or how to properly get rid of it. And Valentine's yeah. constantly trying to teach him because... 90% of mancers just end up killing themselves yeah, because yeah. they don't know how to deal with the flux. Right. Yeah. So basically by the end of it all, it's breaking bad with magic. Yeah. It's breaking bad. And, <laughs> and I love magic. breaking bad. <laughs> Last week y'all read Sons of Anarchy. This week, breaking bad. There I can get go. behind this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that reminds me. Uh, I am currently reading Grey Bastards. And yes. Enjoying it. I, it it's going to be, I'm about 70% through right now, and it has to take a turn for the worse for it not to be my favorite book of the year. I don't yeah. think it does. Yeah. I don't I think it I just want to know it what doesn't. the author's favorite Sons of Anarchy episode is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's clearly Sons of Anarchy. Like, there's zero oh, yeah. question about Oh, yeah. yeah. There's there's a lady at my work who, she's she's a big biker person, drives her bike to work every day, and she's she's not a big book reading person, but I was telling her about it, and she's like, that sounds awesome. I want to read it. What it is it? Really and I good. told her, yeah. You might actually like that one, Jordan. There's like barely any magic. Do we yeah. have an audiobook? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, I might oh, check sure. it out. It's, it's uh, yeah. And it was the uh, Spiffbo 2 winner. Yeah, yeah it, yeah. Won, it yeah, won, won last year. I have year. no idea what you just called me, but I think I should be sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All so right. I think that just about does it for us. That does it. We'll go ahead and end the episode here. Um, so thanks to Jordan and Cam yeah. from for coming on. Uh, Jordan hosts our other show at Controllers and Keyboards, and Cam is the host of Nerd Book Review, which has been on hiatus recently, but you but can catch back. all their back episodes, and they should be back soon. Do you have Monday, any idea? Yeah. Oh, Monday, Monday you're coming back? Whoa. Awesome. Really quick. So the, day, the yeah. same time this airs. 
Hey, actually, yeah, and um, our speaking of that, the episode that I edited this week is our episode where you guys were on. Oh, man, very nice. that could not have been timed more what perfect. A coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> that works out nice. Yeah, so definitely check out the Nerdbook Review there on Twitter as well. What is it, at Nerdbook Review, or is it just Nerdbooks? Uh, Nerdbook Review, yep. It is Nerdbook Review. Review. Very cool, very cool. All right, and as usual, you can find us on Twitter at BookGeeksUNC, uh, Facebook at Two Book Geeks. It's just Two Book Geeks, uh, and Instagram at BookGeeksUncompromised. And uh, more importantly, you can find controllers and keyboards <laughs> at controllersandkeyboards.com or on all your social media at slash CNK crew. And if you're in the DFW area, in two weeks, July 14th and 15th, we have the Pint and Play Land party. Really fun land party. We're Lots of beer, for. craft beer, local to Texas, plus possibly a special brewed beer only to be tried at this event. Yeah. And oh, video games, man. Yeah. So, good yeah, times. That's going to be a lot Registration of fun. is still open. Get in there before it fills up. Yeah. If you've read Flex, definitely let us know what you thought about it. And don't forget about Audible, audibletrial.com slash bookgeeksunc. Uh, if you're if Flex sounds really interesting to you, you can go try it out there. Free thirty days and a free book. Well, and so with Flex, Flex, you actually get the whole trilogy for one right. credit. You get the Manser trilogy, so you and get the whole thing. It, book it's like three, thirty-eight hours. <laughs> About thirty-eight hours of listening. Thirty-eight hours get. of fun. So thank you guys very much yeah. for coming on, and we hope to have you again sometime. Thank you. Do you? <laughs>